right, so so welcome to Church and Other Drugs, the bounce back episode. All right, Boy. bounce back. We got uh, we got Rogers, we got Besh. What up? <laughs> One at a time. Say what's up. <laughs> what's happening, y'all? Uh, Rogers, pull your pull your computer closer, maybe. Closer for audio. All right. Can you hear me better? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, what's up, y'all? What's I'm going on? Forehead, oh, big chilling right now. Just sitting in my house, put my kids to sleep, and uh, for the next two hours, I get to spend time alone, which is precious in my world. Did you look like Shia LaBeouf? God damn it, dude! Have you heard that already? <laughs> <laughs> so, so check this. Dude. This is my story, right? So, um. This mom's reaching out to us. Um, actually, no, it was a father. This father's reaching out to us about, um, you know, trying to get a place that, uh, for treatment that's affordable, yada, yada, yada. And um, he drops this on me. He says he's been to doctors all over the place. They misdiagnose him, everything like that. Um, and we think we've got down to the bottom of it. He's 28, by the way. So it's been a 10-year journey. And he's been on all these psych meds and taken off of them. None of them do anything. And they're like, he's got a personality disorder is what they think. Mm. And me being the skeptic that I am, I'm like, oh, what is this crazy shit? It's just some kid on drugs. Um, I was like, let's see. Let's get him in here. We, you know, we'll have him seen by somebody who works in mental health with addiction and see you know, where we go with that. But like within 72 hours... I'm like, this dude's got a personality disorder. So, you know, we, we, because meetings are, you know, all over zoom and you know, the, the selection for our guys is pretty small getting a sponsor. We kind of help them out with it right now. Um, and one guy, he he comes out to see him and he said, he asked him, do you pray? Now this guy's not a Christian. (laughs) not like you know tied to anything at least christian you know what i mean and he says do you pray to jesus and my sponsor is like you know i'm cool with it but that's not like my my sole concept of of my higher power right and he says i can't work with you Um, wow and uh so the next guy you know we get a guy who you know uh you know works 12 steps along with with a christian background um component to it right and and uh uh halfway through the conversation he he just fucking he just looks at uh our tech that's supervising the call and goes he just shakes his head like and just hangs up on the dude (laughs) (laughs) so we're like you know i'm like well what are we gonna do with this guy all right um so his 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 case manager, this guy uh, Noah that works with us, he says, <laughs> he says, well, who would you like to work with? You know, and he's like, well, man. And now, mind you, I've been out there for a week, almost every day with this guy. You know, I I did his admission on top of that, and so <laughs> he says. How about that Shia LaBeouf looking dude that came in and spoke to us yesterday? Dude. <laughs> it's because you look like him, dude, with the beard. It's not a knock at all, bro. Shia's a very that handsome guy. The beard looked good. 
Dude, yeah. I take, you know, I usually get the Gerard Butler thing. That too. I can yeah. see that. You know, I'm, I'm kind of trying to grow out the 300 right now. But, yeah. you know, that's a... Uh, <laughs> So now it's like a that's a thing going around at work right now. Yeah, it really is, does. dude. Yeah. You should kind <laughs> of That's funny. <laughs> All right, so well, and so uh, the congregation listeners should remember Rogers from the stinky white boy feet episode. Shit, that's my fault. I don't know, like two years ago. <laughs> that was it. Was two years ago? Two I years was in ago. a hotel bathroom. Yeah, I you were. I remember that. <laughs> Wow, that's, yeah. I'm surprised you remember that. Um, so what what had happened, bro? How was since this is the bounce back? Where was the fall? Oh, and happy one year, homie! Oh yeah. I, yeah, is it today? It's today. Oh, congrats, it dude! It is, man. Fuck, man. that's that's uh that's serendipitous. That was not planned. Uh, no, I mean. After five years, you know, it's, uh, it was harder. I, I think it was harder than, than getting sober now. I bet it was. You know, with, with, uh, you know, my, my position, positions that I've held, um, professionally in the treatment industry, um, you know, being, being well known amongst different circles of AA and speaking a lot and a lot of engagements like that. And, and that whole realm of recovery that, mm. that I hopped into, um, you know, the, the whole stigma thing is, is very real. Um, Probably and, don't feel too like heavily supported by people in 12 step, at least as you once did before that. Yeah. Now, you know, I, I will say yes and no, because yeah. um, there's certain people who, you know, along this journey and because of the 12-step fellowships, um, you know, I, I've made some of the best friends in, in my in my life because mm-hmm. of it. Um, you know, my wife, I know her through, you know, um, an H and I that I, I needed a woman to speak at and she came and spoke and that's how I met her. Um, you know, and she was with me through everything. Um, you know, I have two beautiful kids because of it. You know, I got the best. She's kind of pretty too. Uh, <laughs> he is. The best, bro. We, we were looking through, we, on my computer, me and Kaylee, I meant to send you the picture, but we were looking through, um, because it was our anniversary and like the pictures popped up from our uh, engagement at the um, at the escape room when y'all were sitting in the room. Son, yeah. you were fat, dude. Yeah, I was fat, dude. I used to I was be like, fat. I was like, who is that fat? Mo- like, oh my God, damn. that is the best. Jimmy like the was best also in that picture. Run through a fucking sad. escape room himself. Yeah. Outside of outside of heroin, the best was a chunky ass dude until Crowd McGraw. Yeah, yeah <laughs> until yeah. until Scruff McGruff. Uh, even on heroin, he kind of chunky. I was a little chunky on heroin, but yo, you put down the spoon, you pick up the fork. It's you know? true. It's true. Oh, man. So, go, so, baby. so then how? Yeah. So what? Well, what, what, when you say your position, what was that? Briefly, uh, um, you know, I was a uh, director of business development for a couple companies um rehabs yeah yeah okay and so you were yeah you had five years you're 
uh, big shot business developer for rehabs. You were Mr. Recovery. Uh, you had just got done shooting Transformers 3, Dark of the Moon. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. then how did you, how, how did you fall off? Well, it was during uh, filming, filming Dark of the Moon when I realized that Megan Fox wasn't going to be on set anymore. Um, <laughs> it just all crumbled at that point. <laughs> I can relate, brother. Yeah. <laughs> how many relapses can be traced back to megan fox i think a bunch <laughs> pretty much all it of them deserves its own chapter and <laughs> it deserves its own chapter the entire chapter can be written about it yeah oh my god <laughs> the megan fox afterward <laughs> <laughs> but it's no, good to see the bounce back homie wait you know? no but what happened what happened so, so uh, you know, I, I'll talk about this stuff because, like, it, it's there's there's you know an idea that, like, you know, the further you get away, that like, you know, it's it's like a, a subconscious thing. Like, I get further away from the drink and the drugs, and it's like, well, you know, this is my new life now. I just do whatever I want, and it's it's uh, you know, it's real easy to slide back on some things and it's also you know i mean like you get good at um talking the talk um to keep people at a distance at least i did right um so outwardly it would look like i worked the most amazing program in the world mm -hmm. but inwardly you know it, it it's started with a resentment um start with me getting people to co-sign my resentment people in recovery right um, <laughs> who've been around for a while and be like, oh yeah, you're, you're right. You know what I mean? As, uh, you know, so some of the things like, you know, my attitude towards approaching these things is, is like looking at things like that, that uh, like it's poison, um, wasn't on my radar anymore. You know, I became arrogant. I became entitled around things, um, primarily internally, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the biggest thing is like, there's, there's what I portray to the world. Um, there's even how I behave around other people and how I treat other people. And that stuff's, you know, very important. But if I'm living in discontent inside my mind, inside my heart, um, you know, there's that, there's that secret space, that secret world that we all live in behind our forehead. Um, and I can go to some really dangerous places in there left unchecked. Um, and so it wasn't like a, you know, something happened and like, Oh, it's gotta get high. You know, it wasn't anything like that. It was a, it was a slow development and things like proceeding uh, into yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I, I started to do things like, you know, basically money became a higher power. Um, you know, my image, pride became a higher power. Um, not like I walked around like, oh my God, praise, you know, having all these things or, you know, praise what, what you think about me. But that's where I was placing my value. Mm. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, it, it came with its own world of, of problems that, that didn't treat what I had going on inside. Um, but my actions slowly started to worship that more than, um, actual spiritual principles or processes. Um, and so 
you know, that led to, you know, very dishonest things uh, professionally. Um, it led to dishonesty in my home. Um, basically, you know, and I'm, I'm doing things that I'm, you know, trying to just quick fix, make me feel better. Right. Um, and then in the aftermath, I'm just building up more and more and more shame. Um, and it just got to the point where it was like, you know, honestly, and like, I'll, I'll say this to your congregation, the way I view it today is that I was in such a dark spot that heroin probably saved my life. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's real. Yeah, I mean, that's what it looks like. I mean, because I've had so much time and so much exposure to living a good life and and what can come out of it, like the the kind of rationalization and justification that I like. It was almost like I tried to sell it to myself, but there's this quiet voice that's just like, "You're not buying this bullshit. You're not being a good dude." You know, it's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I just wasn't okay with, with who I had become and, and you know, that, that thing yelling at me, it wasn't like, you got to go get loaded. It was saying, uh, you don't really want to do this life thing anymore. Cause you failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's real. So what, what was the first thing you picked up? Did you just a go stripper. straight from nothing to dope? No, a stripper. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other drugs part of yeah. Tortuna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I ended up, I ended up at a strip club and then, you know, about 30 minutes into that, I, you know, uh, crown and seven. And yeah. then uh, after that, Coco. Oh, you used to love those things. I remember that. That's my, that's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> He's still on it. <laughs> yeah. nice. uh, not too much has changed. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, uh, you know, by the end of the night, I'm coming down off the cocaine. I hate the, I don't like that stuff. No. I was just drunk and made a terrible decision. And I was like, well, you know, it takes that away. Yeah. Opiates. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that, and then um, I called one of my best friends here in Austin, my buddy Cole. Shout out to that dude. Um, and I uh, showed up on his front lawn, barely able to walk. Mm. And uh, turns out I didn't have a much of a tolerance anymore. For any- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, five years will make a lightweight out of anyone. Mm. Absolutely. And, and uh, so – I, uh, yeah. And I said, I don't want to do this. Help, you know, help. Um, and you know, within 72 hours, I was on a plane to Tennessee with a bag of ecstasy. I, I don't know why I was like, I'm going to go to treatment rolling. <laughs> That's what they That's say when they say I'm going to roll into right treatment. There. Yeah. yeah. Just like straight I'm, Molly shard. Just like, I pull up uh, this little dude from the rehab, like picks me up at the airport. And I was like, look, I got this on me. Um, you know, I'm going to finish it. He's like, well, you got to finish it before you get in my car. And I just, is that a challenge? Yeah. I just stick the fucking bill in there. And I was like, yeah, it's probably half a gram still in there. And I just, (laughs) 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 I got this hour long. I got this hour long. (laughs) 
yeah, I got this hour-long drive with this nerdy dude that works for this facility. Yeah, you, like, probably, you, probably, you probably didn't shut the fuck up, man. Uh, you were probably like, yo, that. put on Darude Sandstorm. Put on Darude Sandstorm, man. Hey, man, you're showing our age with that one. <laughs> dude, that's a timeless classic. Bro, that's back in the days when Napster was a thing. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. share. my first Napster downloads. <laughs> yeah bro so it, it, it was just that one night i mean i went for you know three days oh, okay um, but it, it wasn't okay i thought for some reason i thought it was like an extended period because i remember you but also i remember you like texting me talking about seeing people in the bushes and shit like when you're off your meds or something was that a separate time yeah okay yeah. <laughs> that's a whole nother like i could talk about this much longer than we have time for but like that's a i i am a true dual diagnosis person um you know i i was dealing with some some pretty serious struggles with bipolar disorder um much before uh um you know many years after i was sober it was still a thing i was dealing with um so being medicated for that, staying current and on top of my medication for that is is very important to, oh, to my recovery. Um, what do you take for that? So right now I take Wellbutrin and Lamictal. Okay. Yeah, I hear good things about Lamictal. Yeah, it's not bad side effects. Yeah, that's what but, I But, you know, in, in my midst of all the, you know, madness I was, you know, going through those eight, nine months that, that led up to this this point um you know i i'd stopped taking my meds pretty mm. much um because you know the the upswing of of true bipolar disorder um is very much like getting high yeah know? pretty much the same thing happens in your brain i was always you know? jealous of of true bipolar people yeah but the other side sucks well dude. but it's like i feel like i de- i feel like i have the other side, I just never got the fucking good. I never got the the sweet euphoria. It was just the crushing, uh, oh, soul sucking well, depression. Then, then yes, you should be very envious. It's whack, um, dude. <laughs> Where's my mania at, man? Meth- methamphetamine will do it. Well, there, I found it. I found it. <laughs> oh, dude, mania is ex- yeah. That type of mania is, is just fucking exhausting, dude. Like after, yeah, after just being revved for so long, it's just like, I'm tired. Like, and it's a different kind of tired. It's just, it's like the very definition of exhaustion. Like when all your fucking dopamine receptors are just shooting blanks and you're just like, there ain't nothing left, dude. The world literally looks different. Mm. Um, It's like gray. Like the, the, like if I have a, real manic episode and i emerge in my bed with the ability inability to get out of it the you know that day like the world looks like it's just got a tint of gray over it wow because like when i had my spiritual experience and i came outside like everything looked so much brighter than it ever did before which spiritual experience the the one i had um working the steps the first one I had. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I don't. Hmm. Well, yeah, I've I've had experiences like that. Um. Man, it seems like it's. Oh, I actually had, dude. I had a 
serious uh, fucking spiritual experience during the hurricane. And it's so, like, I, it was kind of, you know, it's it sounds so like melodramatic, but, like, it was, like, the middle, it was, like, well, the power had been out, and um, I went out, just, it was pitch black outside, and I went out to the middle of the street when it was, like, kicking, dude. And I just had, like, a, like a Gary Sinise uh, Forrest Gump, like conversation with God time. And it was like, cause it, there's something about, there's something about being in like extreme weather situations where like, yeah, like that. The thrones of nature. Yeah. Dude, well, and it, it was like, like you get this weird primal energy. Like you're, you're completely like, a, like you're very aware and in the moment. And I was like, just, you know, a, I was aware of like my, my smallness like politics didn't matter at that moment you know social you know nothing really mattered it was just like holy shit there are some serious forces that are bigger than me and i just had like a really good prayer like out in the middle of the street almost getting knocked over by like hurricane winds it was very very cool that's I know, like Paul Stamus, the mushroom guy. He had a he had a big spiritual experience. Yeah, the the thunderstorm where he climbed the tree. Yes, yes, and then his um, what's it called? His, his stutter went away. His stutter went away. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, yeah, that is wild. I feel like you were more Tom Hanks in Castaway than Forrest Gump. You think why? Because I had sex with a volleyball. <laughs> You said you wouldn't tell anyone, Roger. <laughs> oh yeah, Wilson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a very that was a very uh, implied relationship right there. All right. Any- <laughs> so no, that's a so. But I went. I mean, this is like it's weird how all, all this stuff all this stuff happens. But I, I like listened to a speaker tape about like the five year menopause and like I just got th- like my my between the so I guess that would be my sixth year the year between my fifth and sixth was without a doubt the hardest like mental health and like very very real uh suicidal stuff and um very real disconnection from like the program and shit and so that that's why it's like yeah it's it's interesting to hear or to see stuff like this, you know what I'm saying? And it's, I don't think it's, it's, uh, by accident or whatever. Um, and I, I totally understand the, like being in a certain position or feeling like you're in a certain role. And like, if you, you know, feeling like you're unable to fail, right. Kind of the too big to fail thing. Or like, there's all this like imaginary, uh, pressure on you or like, you know, it's just kind of like if I, you know, can't, you know, take this thing to my grave sort of thing. And then I can imagine like the humility of like having to crawl back out of it. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing I think about, and this stood out to me, um, somewhere in the last year or whatever, um, in the 12 and 12, Bill Wilson talks about, um, that humility is what this whole entire program is built upon. Um, That is what we're seeking out of this thing. That is the, that is the true root and foundation of all this is humility. Um, 
without that. And, and I think most spiritual paths, if you look at, if you really like look at and read anything, you know, anything regarding to, to Krishna or Siddhartha or Jesus or Muhammad, um, you know, these, these ancient wisdom paths and many, you know, amazing people afterwards, you know, it's, this stuff is very, very much so rooted in, in a degree, a large degree of humility. Um, you know, I think that's, uh, I think as human beings, not just people in recovery, I think, you know, our, our own, our own arrogance of, of our self-importance of, of, of my world and how the world is happening to me, um, you know, becoming paramount to, to everything, um, and, and not having that right view of oneself, um, is, is the most difficult one, if not the most difficult, one of the most difficult challenges we face. That's the whole game, man. Is not realizing that I'm not the that God is the doer. You know, Um, I'm not. It's not me. Yeah, (laughs) but 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 listen, Rogers, you you only got a year sober, so I'm not going to have you telling me uh, anything or telling me, you know, how to live at all, bro. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and back to stigma. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm totally fucking with well, you though. But I, I talked about that. I actually, I don't know. Um, cause I just had a, um, I just had a good friend fucking overdose and die. And part, part of that thing is it, it, it just, it, uh, that's if 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 one thing I dislike about treatment and twelve step recovery groups, and this is obviously like a caricature. It's not everyone, and a lot of it is is everyone's own stuff. But there is that like, um, oh goodness, to best your hair, you look like <laughs> a Indian carrot top, um, uh, curry top. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That Thank was you. Good. They're just you know they flow sometimes. Uh, the whole the whole concept of like time worship and uh, you know it's all about the time and like you know basing your entire um, identity over and like your right to speak and that's kind of why I made that joke like you you know that you don't the wisdom and authority comes from like time and like while yes of course that is important I feel like it kills people that are unable to bounce back from that for fear of uh like losing that status or whatever you you know what i'm saying like when you turn it into a pass fail thing then i feel like you're missing the mark absolutely you know i i have one friend who wants to do away with the chip system but it's because of that and there's there's a it's only in america right but there's a chip system you kind of you kind of you kind of muffled for a second there I heard that it was only in America that there's a chip system. Really? I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I could be wrong about that, but it would make sense. It yeah. would make sense. Yeah, we got to have trophies. We, maybe we should turn it into tr- a trophy system. <laughs> Dude, hey, I would stay sober for the rest of my life if I got a bigger trophy every year. Absolutely. 
That's why, like, I've always wanted, I didn't do it, I always want to do it, I don't think anyone would get the fucking joke, but whenever I pick up my chick, I just want to go, I, I want to thank my producer, um, the, my, my management team, uh, you know, Tone Loke down at uh, Rockaway Studios, you know, God. We pretty much do, not everyone, but there are people <laughs> that do just that in AA form. Right, right. And it's... <laughs> It's it's crazy. That yeah, mom outside that greeted me, man. Big shout out. Like, look, like I was gonna leave, but then like I seen you with your gold teeth, and I was like, man, I'm fitting to stay. You know what I mean? I mean, you didn't smell really good, but it's okay. I'm fitting to stay. I was yeah. totally out I, that door. You know what I'm saying? I, was, I feel like you know the first the, all those chips that exist in that first year. I think those are the most important ones. Yeah. You know, if you if we because if we're gonna yes. if we're gonna talk about it, we gotta talk about the flip side because I do get that, like you know, but and it felt great. Yeah, it really was like that. That it, getting that year felt good. fantastic. It feels like you're yeah. walking in the right direction, and like you know, when you're at three and you see this other degenerate who you believe probably sucks at life still picks up six, you're like, all right, I'm, you know, I could fade another three. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And, and there is that side to it, but there's, you know, that, that piece of culture that you're talking about. And, and think about the situation I got thrown into after this. So I go to treatment for, for, um, two months. All right. Um, I'm not, I'm not your 30 day kind of guy. I got, yeah. um, <laughs> how I do want to hear about the, the, the treatment, um, have having been like it working in the treatment industry. I did see that they have like that, uh, Hazel Den and shit. Like, uh, they have, you can go to treatment if you're sober. It's called like the lodge program. Yeah. There's a few places. I would fucking that love to do that, dude. The place I went to people were a lot of people there were still in recovery. Um, some of them weren't, you know, they're dealing with codependency, food addiction. Sex yeah. Addiction. I mean, cause it's really just a um, retreat. Yeah, and that, I went ways. to I went to a place like that um, in Kentucky called the Bridge, which mm. um, like oh yeah, had one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. Um, I needed something new. I needed something different. I needed to look at some things um, about myself, about my life, my past. That um, you know, just the scope of of traditional CBT, DBT, and AA were were you know not not going deep enough around me or I built up some serious walls around and, and we got to get into some shit there. That was uh, absolutely amazing. Um, so, you know, a lot of people go there, you know, years into recovery, um, you know, to just kind of further their own development and things like that. Um, but that's what, that's where I went. But when I came back, so, you know, I was told that, you know, I got honest, I did, you know, I tried to do the right thing immediately things happen. I'm like, I got all this going on. I'm not okay. I don't want to go down this path. Um, my wife was pregnant with our second child. Mm. Uh, she had been a stay at home mom for about a year at that point. And, uh, you know, um, I go away to treatment. Um, you know, very grateful, you know, the company that I work for, uh, paid for it um, covered it, which was amazing, um, that they would do something like that. But, you know, I kind of fell into this thing where it's like, okay, well, you know, I, I, obviously you can't work, um, the job you were in, you know, because it's, there's a lot of direct client care involved. And, and I understand that. Um, 
but I, you know, I've worked in every realm of this. And, and so I was, you know, the idea was that I was going to go back into admissions, um, where, you know, um, I don't have clients asking me about my sobriety time or any of those kind of crazy things that could disrupt said company's culture. Right. Right. Um, then a few days before I was supposed to start, <laughs> I get this phone call saying that, uh, uh, you know, I know we told you this, but, um, you can't come back to work for, uh, another, at least four months and yada, yada reasons why HR budgery to basically, um, you know, get me out of there. Um, and you know, now at this point, my, this is, this is in February my wife's due in May to have our second child. So finding a job for her that pregnant and, you know, having to go, it's like, Hey, hire me. But I'm going to go on pregnancy leave yeah. right after, <laughs> right after we do this, people just don't hire, No, you know, it's very hard to find a job in that position. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it was tough, you know, and then the questions and the, the problem was, was like, you know, I only, I didn't talk to too many people about this. This was kept from my understanding, pretty low key. By the time I got back, um, there were multiple stories that weren't anywhere close to the truth. You oh, know, I'm the sure. Did you happened. hear about Rogers, bro? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all, yeah, all of that, and I had to answer to so many people and just he, explain he was myself. Joe Rogan, man, huh? He was eating DMT with Joe Rogan. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it just you know it was it was it was not easy. Like you know to just always having to be answering that and feeling like I got to save face and justify what happened and and. You know, I mean, you could say like, oh, well, you didn't have to buy into that. But like that is a culture um, in the recovery communities that we have handed down to multiple, multiple people. And I work even today professionally with a lot of people who struggle with that aspect of this. Um, so, yes, to answer your question, Jed, um, you know, I, I basically spent most uh, you know a good chunk of time um in 2019 basically i would get sober for a few months and then i would have you know um a week hoorah because it wasn't like you know i, I it was just oh this I is was, this uh, is post treatment yeah this is post oh, okay treatment. yeah because it was well i'm sorry finish finish your thought on that but yeah i mean it was just uh you know, I felt like I was trying to be sober for everyone else. And like, mm. it was, just, I was missing this personal experience. I was like trying to get back to this guy that I thought I was or who I needed to be back then. Um, you know, and it was just, uh, you know, a lot of it was made up in my head. Um, <laughs> I, I got to own that. Like mm -hmm. there was a large degree of this stuff that would just, you know, lived in my own mind. But, um, you know, there's been a number of people that I've met that like, you know, it's like, you know, this, what I do for a living is not, you know, just some job. I'm not just some guy is like, I'm, I'm, I'm a tech here and I might go back to college or something like that. Um, yeah. Um, you never be I, like that for us, you know? 
Yeah, I, and this is a, this is a full blown career for me. I've done a lot of things to further my development, my education, all kinds of stuff in the realm of what I do. Um, but yeah, my sobriety time, if I'm to be honest in in an open book about it, um, is a huge factor in, um, you know, whether or not I can make a living. Now I get it. Like, you know, two, three weeks after getting loaded, I'm probably not the most effective person to be running around in a drug and alcohol treatment center. Right. But, um, you know, there's almost this thing where it's like, thank God for, you know, you, you know, kind of the universe just played out a, a, a way for me to end up where I, where I am now. Um, but for a lot of people, you know, it's not, uh, it's not just like, Oh, you can just, you know, take care of you, get back on track and, you know, your, your, uh, value of what you do is based off of your experience, um, your knowledge and your ability. Um, but now we have this factor of it's based also off your sobriety time legally. No, you know, no company can say legally they do that, but that is, that right. is the culture that that goes on um and it's not everywhere but it's just uh it, it it was a difficult thing um you know to to have doing what i love taken away from me um unexpectedly like that and so i struggled you know i'd get a few months and i'd have a week hoorah drive my wife crazy and then put together a few more months and you know um all ended up with me going to jail again you know um, oh shit yeah and that's where i got sober as always yeah that'll do it bro <laughs> better than any rehab <laughs> yeah dude and it's free <laughs> fuck oh, yeah so free, i know it's not free i know it's not free yeah, so much money now so and so that's that's what started this because you said you're you got to go to jail tomorrow <laughs> what is it so you're doing yeah, that? So, yeah. What what had happened with that? So I had this crazy sentencing situation, right? Um, how how serious thing. was the alleged charge? Uh, you don't have to well, say I, it if you don't. No, I'm convicted now, buddy. Oh, okay, um, nice. Yeah, yeah. No, I got my fifth DWI. Oh. Um, not good. Wow. In, in the state of Texas, that's not very good. Um, no. We'll talk about some of that stuff in a minute, but like, it, it in court it was looking like um well y'all you guys were talking about spiritual experiences so mm -hmm. i've lived this last year um with the sneaking knowledge you know in the background of my mind that um i'm gonna miss a lot of years of my kid's life possibly still um my wife's going to end up in a really tough position having to be a single mom while I'm away. Um, you know, um, I'm going to have to go back to prison and deal with that whole just life and situation that it is in there, um, which I've done before. And I'm just, you know, really don't want to do again. Um, but I've known that, you know, I've had many nights where just I laid in bed and I couldn't sleep just, you know, toying in my mind around, you know, um, missing out on my kid's life. Um, in the timeline that it is with my kids being one in three, um, you know, the one-year-old would hardly remember me when I got out. 
Um, I would miss my three-year-old's first days of school and, um, you know, just a huge part of his development from a toddler into becoming a little boy. Um, I would miss all of that. Um, and, and it destroyed me and I had to keep marching on anyway. Um, I, I had to figure out how I was just going to do this thing. Um, you know, basically trust God, clean house, help others in spite of my, my consequences, um, that, that could possibly be on the rise. So in August, some things happened and an offer came back for me to do five years probation. Cool. Um, I hadn't had any emotions really around this thing. Um, I've had emotions, but like not much, you know, expression, I guess you could say of them. Um, and I walked, I, I looked at the text and then I reread it and I reread it and I reread it to make sure it was fucking real. And I went in my office and, uh, you know, there's a couple other people in there at the time and I just broke down crying. Oh. Um, in a way that I haven't in a very, very long time. Um, because, you know, it was like, I, I, I had to, I literally had to start a new spiritual journey. It didn't mean that everything that I had been through the years in the past and all that stuff meant nothing. They were very valuable and they're an important part of my life. Um, they gave me a lot of good information, experiences and, and things that have carried through to today. But where I needed to go developing as a man, um, developing as, as um, some would say, a child of God, right? Um, it had to be a whole new journey for me to do this thing. And so there was a degree of me just on a, a high level of blind faith of being like, God, I guess we need to get tight again. And I don't even know what you are again. I have all these crazy things in my mind and I don't even know if I want to attach to any of them but I'm going to do this thing I'm going to live these principles and hopefully somewhere along the way something is going to make sense um but it is Rogers right and it's and that's what it always is you know like that's what it was for me you know I mean my last time on here was depressed as shit and I had to turn to God again and I don't know if I'm going to be a psychologist. I don't know if this place is going to take me based on my background. And I had to get really, really real with God, man. I got, a, you know, my buddy gave me a harmonium. I'm singing songs. I'm praying. I'm cussing at God. I'm laughing at God. I'm crying. And I'm wanting to fight him on pay-per-view, um, you know, and it's, and it's just all of that, dude. And it, God, it's just got to get so real and continue to, man. This idea that I can have a new a day and, 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 and time period and sobriety based on the old experience and ideal of God is just bullshit. And the more I start to define God, the more I limit it, man. You know, I mean, good God, go, yeah, go tell me somebody you can fully define God. They got nothing I want. You know what I mean? Not a damn thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of amazing when it's mysterious, right? It I is. The of it. it I, is. I the mystery. That's, that's, <laughs> The great mystery, man. I mean, this is what we agnostics is not meant to be read once. You know? Dude, we, we're, you know, I guess we all had weird, like, argument, <laughs> arguments with God. I, like, I'm so glad this, this, this will be an exclusive. I haven't told anybody this, but like, so 
um we had gotten a new drum set at my church right and so i was i was going up there saturday nights um and uh and rehearsing right and um it was like one saturday night it was like 11 o'clock at night um and thank god there were no like cameras recording but like i just started like weep like snot crying dude and i i had i was listening to some music and i had headphones on and i was just like screw like screaming like you know like do something about this like i was like i kept repeating like i don't want to be here anymore just like screaming it screaming it screaming it and just snotting and snotting and just like like on my knees just like it was yeah it was and then it's funny i mean it, it wasn't long after that that like big changes started happening so it's like yeah but it, but it was very much that i mean that's what like the entire book of psalms and shit is is just people like what is the deal god like what is going on just like yeah like serious uh serious issues with 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 the man and it's always like it's always answered i mean because it's all i mean that's just like real i mean yeah that's that i guess that's the the best it's just it's just real it's no it's it's not pretty it's not um it's not rehearsed. It's not like, it's just like, what the fuck? Raw, man, and emotion, you know, an emotion driven. And, um, I think, I don't know. I think God loves that stuff. You know? Yeah. Well, cause it's, it's like, it's, it's like, we think, we think we can, we still think we can hide things from God because, it, you know, that that's why like my favorite like passage where it talks about like the the spirit himself like the spirit in you will intercede with groans when when you can't say words because it's just like so it's like I think you know I'm saying something with my mouth but in I'm thinking something completely different or I have these like hidden desires or hidden questions or thoughts and so I guess it's I'm sure he loves it because it's 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 about it's 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 cutting away the bullshit. And, and really getting down to like what you know I'm 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 seeking here so like I need something I need something I think the seeking is really what it's what it's about I think I think um that's that's where spiritual experiences come from it's it's not in it's not in the literature. It's not in the dogma. Um, it's sometimes in, in, you know, the, the rituals, but the majority of it is to, to, you know, to seek the understanding or, or the experience to be open-minded for how this is going to show up in your life and to be looking for it, um, to position yourself, to be mindful of those, those things. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's what, you know, any kind of process is about like the 12 steps, right? It's, it's about, you know, shedding the things that are blocking us off. It's not like we're actually blocked in my opinion. I don't think we're ever truly blocked. I think these things are happening around us and for us all the time, but our consciousness of them is what's blocked off. Yeah. And so the act of seeking, you know, the process is not like, all right, is God behind this couch? Hide and go seek God. Where yet? Where yet? Where yet? Yeah. 
<laughs> it, the process is actually removing a lot of aspects of my self-centered realm in my mind to be open-minded and humble enough to to see them happening and in those times you know it's like this is pretty fucking solid this is some rock star shit god like you know i mean i didn't know this realm of life existed before now you know you can't really turn that off once it happens and that's the hardest thing i dealt with using this last time is like <laughs> there's a level of spiritual consciousness that when you've experienced some of these things i don't care how much dope you do you cannot turn that stuff off yeah for sure you well, know it's there like <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 well it's it kind of it will it, it really lends something to like there's and I, I'm just quoting like um like like you know the Hebrew scriptures or whatnot, but where it talks about like God would give people over to like the the evil desires of their hearts, and there's this like idea where and I, like I can remember it too. Like there have been times in my life when like I relished in uh, evil and uh. Th- those types of things felt good and they felt powerful and it was like a, a place I felt at home at. And like, once you call it whatever you want, gets, get saved. Once you have a spiritual awakening, once you're on the other side there, it's like you're, you're branded, like you're claimed for this other side. And once you try to dabble, it's, it doesn't fucking work. It, it just does not work. And like you, you're going to get this nagging. You're going to get this goading. You're going to get this, like, what are you doing? Like, who are you, like, who are you fooling? Like, this isn't going to work out. And it's like, yeah, it's impossible. I think that's why so many people, it, it it's like, and if you, the only, the only way out of that besides going back to the side of the light is just to shoot yourself. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not turning it off. You know what no, I mean? You absolutely cannot. I mean, it's, it's uh there's this you know the 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 mind or the ego has this crazy way of of lying to itself right um to to justify the the position that you're in because you know we all want to be right you know i my i want my existence to feel right i think every single person thirsts for that um so when i'm engaging in that stuff now it's like i'm selling myself this crazy justification in my mind <laughs> but there's this little dude back there that's like you really buying that shit yeah you no, really buying that shit no. like me <laughs> good luck buddy yeah 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 yeah. i've seen yeah. this movie homie it's not gonna go in well yeah, yeah man yeah i mean there's no like you know what i mean like there was <laughs> Shout out to all my play the tape through people, right? <laughs> <laughs> because I played the tape through. Yeah, I knew luck. this was going to end badly. Yeah. I knew this was going to end badly. But the level of discontent that was inside of me was if doing some dope can turn off that discontent for 45 seconds before that little guy kicks back in and is like, 
all right, now you just did that. Now you're going to lose your job. You're probably going to lose your wife. And guess what? You always go to prison. So let's see how that one goes too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that dude takes right back over while I'm still inebriated. Right. But if I can get 45 seconds relief, cause I'm in such a dark spot, I will pay that cost knowingly pay that cost. Cause there's a level of irritable, restless discontent that I cannot tolerate. Yes. Um, that's, and I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that's like, that's hell and suffering to a degree. I, I, I that's probably the piece of addiction that I wish like normal people would understand when 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 people try to simplify it like i don't know like oh he chose drugs over this or whatever it's like you have no no idea what that what they're going through like the and of course not ever some people are just like whatever but like it is it is a level of suffering that is of of mental suffering that is unreal yeah it's 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 there's very few things you can compare it to i mean um you know so i i i ended up on this other side of everything and like then i go to court and i and then like they're trying to give me a year and a half (laughs) 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 <laughs> the best was what I called the best. I was like, yo man, you might not see me. <laughs> yeah. Even, I mean, yeah, even still a year and a half. That's, that's doable. Uh, yeah. It's, it's doable. It's not, it's, it's not, not ideal. Possible. I Yeah. I say <laughs> yeah, that now, but I'm no fucking right. It's not ideal, but like where that came from was basically there's some, I had some serious documentation about what I'd done with my life in the last year. And, a lot of professional people, you know, yeah, backing me and, and, and all kinds of things. Well, that paperwork didn't get to the right person it was supposed to get to. Mm. Um, we got emailed to one person from my lawyer, then didn't get to the person. Oh, bureaucracy. I know. And, you know, so they're just like, they just look at me on paper and, you know, I do not look good on paper. Um, yeah, dude, you know, your name's Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> they, can't, they, can't, they can't see the. Just throw some of them Transformer movies on your on your little. Yeah, resume. yeah. You should have just lift. You should have straight up listed Shia LaBeouf's filmography, <laughs> and, and just shown up. Be like, yo, you saw Honey Boy, bro? That shit was a tearjerker. God, it was. It was. Dude, that movie's fantastic. <laughs> dude, Shia is the truth, yo. I made Boy Meets World. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Just dude, even even out. Stevens, yeah, he made Thriller. <laughs> thriller. Um, so so then you ended up with what, like uh, the the once a week jail thing. It, so basically, uh, uh, you know, hours before my court hearing, we we figured it out. Everything got to who it needed to go to, and at the final you know, hour, bro, at the yeah, final yeah. hour, God shows up. Oh my God, the hardest twenty four hours of my life, and I didn't use. Literally, you know I, what I mean. Uh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. You you would you would think right? You would think that like I was in a very very dark spot. 
but not the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. The difference is at that point in time, I have gradually allowed myself to get disconnected and disconnected and entirely selfish and self-reliant on everything. Um, in this, I had to take my son to school, both my kids to school, not explain to them that they might not see me for the next year and a half when I drop them off. Excruciating painful. They're too young oh. to understand it. Oh excruciatingly painful um play with them for the last time in the backyard for hours this is what it was like for me at that that point in time um and to have a level of faith that it's like all right god well maybe there's some people in jail that just you know really need my help maybe this is where the path is going to take me and i do not understand i don't like it I'm not happy about it. It doesn't make sense to me. I am questioning everything about you. And, uh, and that will I be done. I think you're fucking fake. Um, that's, that's what was going through my head. But it's yeah. like, yeah. well, if that's what it's got to be, that's what I'm going I'll to do. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. Right? And, and it'll make sense at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah that's the it's like yeah that's the thing <laughs> yeah man that's the humility yeah that i don't know i do not know how this is gonna shake out but it's better than what i've been shaking out over the last chunk you know little chunk of period in my life mm-hmm. and uh you know went the way it went but you know part of that deal was that i still owed the state 10 days and um so i do this thing where i go to jail uh, for the next two weeks, <laughs> um, every I had morning. A, I had a friend that did that, and I, I thought yeah. it was hilarious at the time. So what's that? What's that been like? Are you, are you sponsoring anyone up in there? <laughs> <laughs> nah, they don't. You know, COVID going on, man. I don't. I'm I actually just work there. You know, oh, okay. I, I don't even go inside. I go inside the gates. Like I'm. You know, I have a, I have an inmate ID and everything. But I oh, wear you just laptop. do work on your laptop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I uh I, I I mow lawns and I pick oh, over Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I mowed grass for five hours today. <laughs> nice. Yeah, workout, son. Yeah, yeah bro. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think it'd be funny if you like if you like tried to position like tried to make yourself a shot caller as like a a once a week jail person. <laughs> Come in there and be like <laughs> just trying to be the, the hardest motherfucker in jail. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the weekend warriors here, bitches. <laughs> Starting like fights. Yeah, yeah. Carry my tray. Just be be leaving candy bars on everyone's bed and shit. Like, grab my pocket, homie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Rogers. He's crazy, dude. They only let him in here once a week because he's so crazy, bro. Squirrel master, yo. <laughs> He's going to go home at night. He's going to devise a new plan, and he's going to come back and fuck us up tomorrow. Oh, we, since y'all are both yeah, – exactly, exactly. He's got access to the outside. Uh, now that I got y'all both, we can talk about the other crazy serendipitous thing that a dude I met in South Carolina that sponsored me, Debesh, used to sell dope to, and Rogers knows him too. And found that out because I made a post or something um, – 
and he he messaged me. He was like, "Is that bet? Is that Beshi?" And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Dude, I used to go to his FEMA trailer and buy dope from him." I was like, "What?" <laughs> Crazy. I don't, like I, I so I remember like slanging acid and dope to a group of Lakeview kids. And I think he was one of them. Yeah, he's and a I think, kid. Yeah, Rogers. I think I think you were probably with me when we got that like freaking tennis ball of crack. I I acquired that. That was huge. That was a uh, what a what a morning. The <laughs> 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 best and I were riding around with a vial of acid, you know shoot we we didn't have water for our heroin so we dripped and we used the acid yeah we we dripped the the acid into the heroin to mix it up and you know did our thing and uh what was that like (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm pretty sure rogers just went blind for 10 minutes yeah and then i think i tripped kind of hard for like a few minutes and then it was gone. That's like, that's like one of the, the there's like certain, like, uh, yeah, I've done, I've done combos like where, like where it's just like you, you, you're, you just, it, you just, you short circuit. Like, it's just like your, your brain's like, fuck, no, no, no. And it's like, it's like a power like, surge and your PC resets. Yeah. It's just like, no, this is, this is just, this isn't going to work. Like, stop. Stop. We're gonna we're gonna start over. It's like we don't have the resources <laughs> yes. for this. Yeah, yeah. An error <laughs> message pops up. Like not enough free memory. Yeah, <laughs> not RAM for this, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Fucking hell. That is. Oh man, I still have those moments. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know. I'll literally I'll do this thing. I do it all the time. I'll I'll walk into my kitchen. I'll open up the refrigerator. And then I'll just be standing there for like 30 seconds, not acquiring any food, anything. And I completely forget what the fuck I was doing. I'm like, oh, I do that all the time. Am I getting food? Am I hungry? And why am I even in this? I room? feel like that's a well butrin thing. That seemed to happen. With, like, I would, I would, uh, I would have real bad, um, and I'm doing it right now, probably just because I'm talking about it. But I, I would have really bad. I would forget, uh, like word blanks. Forgetting. You know what what's I'm interesting? About. Since I live in a studio now, that doesn't happen. What doesn't happen? Because like it's all one room. Oh. <laughs> you can't forget because you don't leave the room. Oh, bro. I don't think it's. I don't think it's ever happened to me here. <laughs> how you? How you gonna forget? How are you gonna forget when you One leave room. a room? You don't even leave a room, bro. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I do that bad with my phone, where I'll, I'll, I'll like, I'll be like, oh yeah, I want to look at that. I want to look something up, and then I'll go on my phone and immediately forget what I was gonna look up, or like, I mean, this is like my weird phone habits, where like you know you're scrolling and you you're like, oh yeah, remember to go up like with Instagram, like it'll remind me of something to do. And then I'll keep going, but mentally noting, like, don't forget to scroll back up three times to go to that thing, to go down the next fucking dopamine hit rabbit trail fucking phone thing. And then I forget, and then I'll drive myself crazy, and then I'll finally remember it. And it's like, and then it turns out to be like, you know, looking at a vacuum cleaner on sale. And it's like, why am I, what am I doing? What am I doing? Have you, have you seen, have you guys seen The Social Dilemma? Oh, of course so I good. Have. Yeah, it's so I, good. I, it, I watched it and I canceled group the next day and had my community watch it. 
Oh, that's a good Dude, idea. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do that. Do you think that'd be good to watch and read? I'm, I want to play. Okay, Rogers, give me a, a, a jet too. Yeah. I've got like a yeah. two-hour group tomorrow. Uh-huh. So what's like a good hour, hour and a half documentary? The Chris Heron documentary, Unguarded. Oh, ESPN. yeah. Chris Heron. I yes. forgot about that, yo. It's called Unguarded. It's on, it's on, it's on ESPN, huh? It's on ESPN Plus or it's on Amazon. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Well, yeah. I had to buy it. It's like three ninety nine, but I, I I watch it with my clients so much because it's good. Because it's like you'll get you know it's got the basketball cred, so you'll get the you know. Yes, because uh, I forgot about that documentary, and um, I was gonna play Russell Brand, but uh, it's just there's too much stuff there. And then there's like oh, a great this dude. This dude a whole like like smashing methadone thing. Wait, what are you saying, Roger? Meet him at the game. Yeah, I know, I know. That's a powerful documentary. I forgot about it. it Fuck is, yeah, dude. Thanks, you know. Yep, yep. Yeah, I'm always looking for good. I I show the Stevo one too. That one's. I would do it for the kids mainly, but that one's pretty, pretty, pretty damn good. I ran into him at the uh, AA World Convention in in. Oh, Sanctuary he was there. In 2010. Yeah. Who? Heron or Stevo? Wait, Rogers. You was at World. Oh, I was at World 2015. I wasn't sober. Yeah, I was at I was at twenty ten. Did you talk to him? No, no. <laughs> I just seen him and I was like, "There's a million people like, oh my god, Steve!" I'm just like, I heard his speaker tape. It was pretty solid. I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> that dude's burnt. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. fry pie. <laughs> PCP and nitrous, the two most <laughs> things that'll burn you out the best. Yeah. Thank God for some good old fashioned heroin, man. Yeah, I, I, I guess, <laughs> except right? it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, man. I feel like I feel so special. Like I, I got to do heroin. I know. The fact that it can kill you, like long term, it is compared not, to almost everything else. It is not that bad for it's you. It's really not that bad. For it's you. really not. It's mostly the cut that's bad for you. Yeah, the long term effects are like bone lo- bone density loss. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, let's go do some heroin. It's not bad. Yeah, let's all do some heroin. All right, well, uh, meet you at Besher's place. Let's go, dog. Florida's wide open, man. It's like like there's no COVID here. Let's actually meet up at a Rogers jail cell. Okay. (laughs) Who's who's going to boof the fucking foils, bro? Way ahead of you, bro. (laughs) (laughs) They're already in there. They're already in there, bro. I, I, I stay on deck. I knew this episode was going to end here, so I put them in before we got started. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I like doing that or anything. Did y'all see uh, Bill Burr's um, cold open on uh, SNL Mm-mm. from like last week? Oh, bro, he goes he goes in on like white feminism, and it's oh, oh nice. dude, he goes like people were un- unhappy, and like Bill Burr is the best at that stuff, dude. Yeah, the best. Yeah. So oh, go watch it. It's like seven minutes. Go watch it. That's interesting. That was on SNL because SNL is like traditionally, you know, very catering to one side. Yeah, that's why I was phenomenal. <laughs> really mad. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great. No, he did great. Well, damn, Rogers. I'm I'm glad. Well, yeah, and and Besh too. Yeah, the last time Besh came on, he was. Uh, crying up a storm bro he was super distraught things were not going well god showed up man you just put you know i just put one foot in front of the other and just kept going man and uh, god always shows up um 
Thank God. And then I got to do the dopey zoom. That was good. Shout out to those guys. Oh yeah. Uh, Shout yeah, out Mike. Cool. Yeah. What a dope listeners uh, of COD showed up and it was cool to, you know, see some faces. Yeah, man, it's, on YouTube uh, soon. It's cool that we get to just talk about this stuff for real on here and it might, might get to somebody because I want to, I want to end with saying this, that it is not about sobriety. Um, it's not about, you know, um, the amount of time or the people, um, or your image in the rooms or how many people you sponsor or don't sponsor, or, you know, um, how amazing your program is and all that stuff. Um, those things are parts of it. Um, sometimes for some people in more ways and sometimes less for others, but this thing is about living your life. We're all born and we're all going to die. That's, that's just the reality. And the truth is, is we don't know when we're going to die. We don't know when that, that last, you know, clock is going to punch and how do you want to live your life in between? It's the quality of life that you're living. Um, that should be why you chase spiritual development because you want to live a good life. Regardless of anybody's opinion of you, regardless of, you know, um, how many coins you amass, um, or the respect that you get from it. Um, this thing is about what kind of life you want to live and, and the goals that you want to set, the person that you want to be, the person that you want to become. Um, because there are people with multiple years sober um, who live in existence that I personally um, would never want to live. I would rather get high. Um, and there are people that I have met um, with one, two months sobriety that have taught me invaluable things about life um, that I will take with me moving forward um, um, until I die. Um, and so when we, when we place ourselves and other people in these, these boxes and these categories, we are doing nothing but separating ourselves from one another. Um, in the world that we live in today, um, separating ourselves from each other um, has caused a lot of problems and we can see it all around us. Um, you know, if, if you feel any type of way about this in your recovery community, um, do something about it. Be that person that, that speaks the language of the heart with other people. Take your time out to be that guy to not judge and to have that hand out. You know, and of course, there's knowing when and how to give and, and someone has to be willing. But, you know, it was those people that were there for me and loved me through all of my madness. Um, the reason that I'm sitting here today, I'm a father again, I'm a friend again, I'm a, hopefully a good employee again. But most importantly, like, I like the way I'm living right now. And I like the person that I am at this juncture at one year sober, way more than I did you know, with the years before, um, you know, and so it's like, if, if for any of those people that have fallen, you know, 
It's about to come back, baby. If you're still breathing, you're still alive. You're still on the same journey of life. You've only failed because you bought into somebody else's idea of failure that you don't have to buy into. Right. Yeah, man. Well said. I'm going to stop it there. Yes, to die.